This edition of True Hill Heat is brought to you by the Indie Wrestling Expo. Three shows in two nights on August 28th and 29th from Dallas, Texas. Featuring Nick Aldis defending the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Jeff Cobb and a winner of a Battle Royal. Now this is True Heel Heat. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Heel Phenom, SP3. We are back once again with our weekly podcast, True Heel Heat. 88 on this edition of true hill heat we will be discussing all the latest wrestling news including the announcement of wwe thunderdome as well as <laughs> renee young possibly leaving the wwe the go home show for takeover 30 over as well, 30 as well as, well as a preview for nxt takeover xxx 30 uh the special saturday aew dynamite and wwe SummerSlam 2020 i am back once again with the princess of all the true heels miss chrissy love hello 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 <laughs> As always, looking beautiful as usual, we are back again for the third straight week. The co-host of Joints and Jabronis, the co-host of Wednesday Night Warriors, our true heel marijuana enthusiast, Chris G. Thank you, thank you. Back again, three times, third time's the charm. Oh, man, this is a three-peat, feeling like Kobe in 2000. And he, and he had to wear a Mets shirt for one of the editions, of course. Yeah, just just one, one episode, and that's <laughs> it. I'm retiring it. And this time on True Hill Heat 88, we have a very, very special guest. I said it on True Hill Heat 87, our holy trinity of wrestling journalists. We had on True Hill Heat 83, Tom Conahue. We had on True Hill Heat 87, Alex McCarthy. And now we have completed the holy trinity with the the Holy Spirit of the Holy <laughs> Trinity, the, the godfather to me of Sports Kita. This man is one of the best wrestling journalists around. You guys need to follow him on Twitter and all your social media platforms because he's breaking news in his own unique way, just like he told us it would be very ropey without the ropes on Raw <laughs> Underground. It's the one, the only, Gary Cassidy. <laughs> Woo! Thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be on the show, and what an intro. I don't think I've had an intro like that in my life, so that is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. But yeah, I'll just compare this to, you know, when you're collecting, say, baseball cards. You've already got the good ones, but you're waiting on that one last one to complete the collection. That's me to your holy trinity of uh, wrestling journalists right there. You you completed so well, sir. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show. But for our viewers and subscribers at home that don't know you already, tell them a little bit about yourself, good brother. Um, so the, the shortest way I can put it is three years ago, I was doing nothing in terms of wrestling journalism. Um, I'd studied journalism at university. I was doing a few other things here and there. And then just one day... I, it was, I saw Sports Gear were looking for, at that time they were just having contributors, so I was like, I'll just chuck something in, I've done a load of writing about music and stuff like that, never amounted to anything, but what have I got to lose, I've got plenty of time, so I, I contributed, I remember the article, it was about which English Premier League football team John Cena supports, and it was just him holding up a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Wrote the article, really rubbish article, but obviously they quite liked the way I'd written it, Decided, you know, we'll bring you into the news team. So I started doing that, and then 
by some medical, got an interview with DDP, my first ever interview was with DDP, and I thought, right, we can only go down from there, but if nothing else, I've got to interview <laughs> DDP. Thankfully, it seems to have gone kind of, you know, up and down a little bit, I don't want to value wrestlers compared to each other, but it went well so far, we're about two and a half to three years in roughly of writing about wrestling, and yeah, what better time to have got into it, because man, the world of wrestling is on fire right now, so... I didn't expect it to be this busy when I started, but can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we we're, we're going on our three year anniversary of doing this podcast, so we we definitely understand wrestling has blown up like never before. Well, it has blown up before, but this is like the first time in quite some time wrestling is as popular and so many things going on. So we understand where you're coming from, brother. But thank you for coming on the show. Oh, my sports Kita godfather. This man is responsible for me writing for sports Kita. So I thank you for that as well, sir. No, man, as I appreciate the credit. I don't think I can take the credit, but I will take it. <laughs> you should. If anyone's going to give it to you, you should. So before we get into anything, this is a quick reminder to you, the folks at home. Push that like button. Show us your support for True Hill Heat 88. Of course, there is the iCard down at the bottom where you, you can subscribe and the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here. Of course, you can share this video and become a part of our 1K subscriber giveaway. We are edging close to that 1k mark so you can help us along by sharing this content right here but before we get into our true hill roll call where we shout out you the subscribers and viewers of true hill heat we got a couple of announcements one sad announcement this week we lost another member of the wrestling community the second ever roh world champion xavier a legend in the new york east coast scene of professional wrestling i know for me myself when i was first watching roh Xavier was one of the top heels in the in that promotion and in the independent scene in the East Coast of the early 2000s. So, you know, the thoughts and prayers to his family out there. Another lost member of the wrestling community. Yeah. But on more brighter news, we have an announcement about our podcast. We are now going to be working with, speaking of independent wrestling, the Indie Wrestling Expo, which will be taking place in Dallas, Texas on August 28th and 29th. Three shows in two days. It's a huge weekend in wrestling featuring Nick Aldis defending the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Jeff Cobb and a and the winner of a battle royal that weekend. So our, we lost one thing in indie wrestling, but we got one thing to look forward to. So thoughts and prayers to Xavier's family and to everyone that was a friend of him. Yep. So segue in to shout out you, the viewers, the subscribers, all our supporters for True Hill Heat. This is our True Hill Roll Call. This is where we shout out everyone who's contributing on all our social media platforms. First of all, our True Hill Trinity, our top three conversation starters on the True Hills group page on Facebook. Coming in at number three is our New Japan aficionado, James Wims. Coming in at number two is Charlie Layton. And of course, it's Mr. 83 Weeks coming in at number one once again the negro buck nick jackson Woo! A, couple, a couple other true hills we got a shout out alberto ortiz ted williams riley holden tyler ireland warren teen kid mills and matt harris we have a couple of new subscribers on the youtube channel lee davies as well as charlie 
Fulton, and we got a couple of comments that we got to read on our YouTube subscriber highlight Kwame Shafir on True Hill Heat 87. He says, I will say WWE moving away from the PC to the Amway Center in Orlando is a good thing because it will allow their future events like SummerSlam to be presented differently. But the kicker is that it's still in front of zero real fans. But knowing Vince's greedy determination to get those real fans back at the arenas for the shows that's his thoughts on the the move to the amway center we had shaw powers commented on j new japan i think they had kenta cheat to set up a future rematch with Cobb. so that was talking about what happened on the new japan uh new japan cup usa semifinals, which we'll get into shortly and our course our king of the comments section kayfabe tactics had to comment on true rewind 16 First off, he says, thanks for all the love and shout outs, but we've got to beef now. He says, it's Aja, it's Aja Khan, not Asia Khan. I think he was talking to drunk guy JJ because he always gets named wrong. Um, pretty. Uh, well, he, is, he is drunk. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, he says, pretty recently you read a comment from me and how I loved all Japan women and these women are from there. This isn't a very good example of what they can do to be honest. I still love this match and the next night on Raw, I think they had another match with Aja Khan breaks a a fucking jaw, he says, because I I effing loved. He, I don't know why he uh, he said he said fucking and then effing, but right. he, I, I effing loved all Japan maybe, women. <laughs> maybe he was drunk. <laughs> maybe he was drunk too. He, he typed he typed fucking and then the baby came into the room, so he right. yeah, yeah effing. You that's that's a you good know, one. You're right. You know how it goes. Yep, you gotta ad lib those curse words. That's right, Chris. You know the word. You know how it goes with the kids. He says, he says their best talent was Mayeno uh, to Toyota, and she was over. She has over twenty five star matches from Uncle Dave. So that was his comment on True Rewind sixteen. So we thank Kayfabe Tactics, Shaw Powers, and Kwame Shafir. But we got to segue into what we missed. New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, like we said before, Kenta defeated Jeff Cobb in the semifinals, as well as David Finley defeated Tama Tonga, which is Gary Cassidy's boy. How was that? How was that chatting up with uh, Tama Tonga, sir? Yeah, well, I'm heartbroken that he's out of the competition, but I did think David <laughs> Finlay was... I, 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 I had a little feeling at the start that we might see a lot more of David Finlay than we have before. So no big deal. Um, great match. And yeah, I love Tama Tonga. Uh, we were just chatting about that before we went live of how cool Tama Tonga is, you know. He's probably the coolest guy in wrestling. Just I could listen to him talk for hours. Get him to read the dictionary, and I will be listening. And, and I, I like the babyface look. I like I like the <laughs> new look. It works for him, and that sets up a big New Japan Cup USA Finals between Kenta and David Finlay, with the winner versus John Moxley for the IWGP US title. So J New Japan will talk about. All of that as it is New Japan Strong. The finals is this week. And on this, on that semi-finals edition, ACH made his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. As well as Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and PJ Black made their debuts with New Japan. So that was a jam-packed show. If you haven't watched it already, you can watch it. It's available on the New Japan World app. As well as J New Japan covers it all on this YouTube channel right here. Then over on Smackdown, Braun Strowman, or Ball Strowman, 
He, I love it. I love him both. He's about time. <laughs> he attacks Alexa Bliss after she tries to smack some sense into him before the fiend makes the save. So did we see uh, a double turn? Is Braun the heel now, and the fiend is the face? Chrissy Love, this is your land, your land of opportunity right here on SmackDown. What you, what was your thoughts on this whole thing? Um, shout out to whoever told Braun that he needed to clip that little piece of hair that he had growing at the back of his head. <laughs> Love it. Thank goodness. Because he has the beard. You, the beard will, oh, if you have the beard, baldness will be no problem. Uh, two, um, shout out to Alexa Bliss for taking such a high bump. Because I was like, she must have was thrown up in the air like, how high? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Beard, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the lights went off. We don't know if it was a crash pad. I don't. I don't know if she took that bump. I mean, all right, fine. But yes, I think it's a a, a face. But I don't want it. How is the scene supposed to be a face now? So is it heel versus heel now? I was very confused on that part. But other than that, I'm waiting for the see. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen on Sunday. So, so Gary, I have to ask you, do you think that it's, it's more of Braun kind of trying to protect Alexa Bliss by making this move and we haven't seen a double turn? Or what's your thoughts on this whole angle that they did on SmackDown? Oh, at first, I thought it was a double turn. And now I think it was about a 1.5 turn. Because I, think, <laughs> I think it's one of those ones where we've definitely got Braun Strowman kind of going a little bit more heelish. But the odd thing about that is I don't know if any of you guys saw the news that came out last week where WWE now have depth charts, apparently, or maybe they always have, but the news has just come out. And they had three the three top faces on SmackDown. Matt Riddle was third, Jeff Hardy was second, and number one was Braun Strowman. And it's like, wow, you wouldn't surely you wouldn't turn who you think is your top face heel. I don't right. know, I think that maybe makes it interesting. I think The Fiend is one of those characters where it's almost, and this is not a good comparison character-wise, but it's kind of similar to the Stone Cold situation, where no matter how bad he acts, no matter how much of a heel he is, everyone's going to love him anyway. So you might as well kind yeah. of go into that, that grey area kind of thing, where they've tried to do it with, we've seen Roman Reigns and stuff in the past. So I think maybe they don't even know who's facing who's heel, and it's maybe a little bit of experimentation. I don't mind that. The, the one thing is we might not even find out now. We knew who was faces and who was heels when they had, you know, the performance centre recruits in the arena because they are cheering for who's meant to be faces and booing for who's meant to be heels. Now we're going to have the virtual audiences. Who knows? And maybe that makes it a little bit more exciting. Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to really see what, what work they've done since it's been the empty arena by the virtual fans, which we're going to talk about shortly. But Chris, we also had the WWE debut of an Impact Wrestling legend, the artist formerly known as Abyss, Joseph Park, debuted with AJ Styles with the phenomenal intercontinental statistic system. <laughs> yes, that's right. This. Piss his name. <laughs> and Jeff Hardy interrupted to set up a Jeff Hardy AJ Styles Intercontinental title match on SmackDown this week. But what was your thoughts on this segment and Joseph Park's debut? Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect to see him out there, so it was cool to see him, especially because I, I, I kind of had a little love for Abyss back in the day. So uh, just to see him on screen in WWE is like a little. It's weird. It's weird, to be honest. Um, 
I'm not really a fan of like what happened and the uh, direction they're going towards because I was really set on seeing AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental Championship because that was like the rumored, you know, build up or whatever. So um, I don't know. I, I feel eh about it. I mean, I love Jeff. <laughs> Man. I love Jeff, but I mean, Jeff in 2020 in big feuds against AJ Styles is just not is not doing it for me right now. I don't know why. I mean, Jeff was one of the guys I kind of wrote about that I thought he had a chance to verse AJ. My number one person was Big E. I wanted Big E versus AJ for the Intercontinental Championship. But what do you guys think about AJ Styles once again being left off another card? Like, they left off the Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles match from, I think it was Backlash. Now they're leaving off this match from uh, SummerSlam. Chrissy, you get to see it on uh, on your show, SmackDown, this coming week week but what's your thoughts on jeff hardy and aj not being on the SummerSlam card um i think it's disappointing because you would think that such a uh, title as the intercontinental championship would be on the card it's been on the card for it's it's one of the big four and uh, of the pay-per-views and it's unfortunate that it's not going to be there for the summer that they just put it and have it for smackdown they think that other matches are more important than that belt so i think it's kind of sad and it's it's sad that AJ can't perform um, and do his thing on the pay-per-view. It's yet another pay-per-view that he's been snubbed against. So it, It's another sad case of AJ being too good and trying to raise up the ratings for SmackDown yes. this week. Also on SmackDown, we had Asuka win a battle royal to get a shot at Bailey SmackDown Women's Championship. So Asuka will get a shot at both Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam for the Raw and SmackDown Women's title. And of course, we had our good brothers, the 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 affectionately named on uh, True Hill Heat 87, Aces and Five Eights, Retribution. <laughs> Made their presence known once again. <laughs> John Morrison and officials backstage. Uh, they also were on Monday Night Raw this week, interrupting the show open and Drew McIntyre's go home promo by attacking the production truck. Gary Cassidy, we ask every guest host, what's your thoughts on retribution? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long uh, Everybody has the same reaction every time you ask yep. them, just like, uh. Yep. <laughs> Way to deflate me there um, by asking about retribution. No. This is the kind of angle that is really annoying because I feel like it's the kind of angle that on paper I love. I love invasions. I love mysterious things, you know, anything that could lead to an unveiling. The one thing that leaves, you know, an instant sour note is remembering the SmackDown hacker and how that didn't play out. So thinking maybe the same could happen here. Maybe don't get too invested anyway because it might not play out. But oh, you can't have a chaotic faction who is here to dominate everything, cause anarchy, and then they just don't. Uh, you know, we've seen them throw a brick through a window and then throw a second brick through the already broken window a few weeks ago. And then this week on Raw was filled with a little bit of hope because they actually did something disruptive. You know, you can tell from my accent, I don't want to hear anyone interrupting a Drew McIntyre promo. But... <laughs> If it's for a good cause, I'll, I'll let it slide, you know, it's okay. Um, and it was, you know, it, it worked out okay for the first couple of minutes. Then it all went downhill because they interrupted the first five minutes of Raw successfully. The show, as far as we know, went off air. They completely disrupted it, went to an ad break. Lovely hook, great way to bring people back in. 
and then they didn't turn up for the next two hours and 55 minutes. So it just doesn't quite make sense. And then even after that, the one thing that I keep saying, you need to make this feel real. You need to make it feel like something that isn't part of WWE. So later on, they were verging a little bit too close on a promotional package on them when they showed a little kind of advert. That had a bit too much production. They should have maybe done that like a kind of breaking news or this is what we know about these guys so far to avoid it. But for me, I'm going to try and keep an open mind. I think you can tell from what I've said over the last few minutes that I'm maybe not keeping such an open mind on it. Um, but I just think they need, they need to do a little something more. And my biggest fear here, and the reason that I think there has been a lot of criticism, I'm not sure WWE knows where they're going with it so far. Yep. The fact that we've seen, you know, this very, very small members of the, the roster and being used, which a lot of people poked fun of, that was one I even, I tried to refrain from those jibes, but I did say this week, you know, maybe they had a curfew and that's why they were on the start of Raw. But they, they did have bigger members this this week. That leads me to believe that I think they don't quite know where they're going with it, and that's always a worry. But like I said with the hacker, we saw it with Eric Rowan's spider. That's where my big worry is with retribution. So we'll wait and see. The, the telling point will be now that WWE are, you know, going to a bigger production, do you have these guys mess with the production more? And if not, you kind of ruin their gimmick. So it's a, it's a make or break deal going forward, I think. It, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially with what we know with the scheduling, with SummerSlam being followed by WWE Payback. I think that, you know, everybody's talking about they need a hot angle to get into next week with Payback. I think that Retribution have mm -hmm. to be a part of that, like to kind yeah. of make that their 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 presence even more known. They have to make an impact at SummerSlam this weekend. So we'll see. We'll wait and see. I'm going to keep an open mind like Gary, but it's it's rough. It's rough you to say. You got an open mind about this thing? Okay, good luck. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to give everything a chance. So, so we'll this see. This is true. You're right. I, I'm get, you. I guess we should give it a chance, just like the Royal Underground had to give it a chance, right? Yes, exactly. And speaking of Royal Underground, this week. I see how that did there, right there. <laughs> Thank you for the segue. Thank you. Thank you. You're speaking welcome. of Royal Underground, we I did my work this week. <laughs> <laughs> we have Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke of the real Four Horsewomen. Yes, I said the real Four. Horse women. That's why I'm not giving you no alley oops no more. See what I'm saying? <laughs> you get foolishness. Made their raw debut along with <sighs> Shayna Baszler. Uh, Marina. Not not just like her, so it doesn't even matter. Marina Shafir made her a raw underground debut as well with a very nice cartwheel into a kick. She was <laughs> she was very smooth in the ring as well on Raw Underground. This led into a confrontation between Shayna and Nia Jax. What was your thoughts on the other four horsewomen joining Shayna on Raw, Chrissy Love? I mean, nothing will happen with them, just like how nothing's happening with Shayna. So, you know, hey, good luck with that. Um, she's getting used a little bit more now. I mean, okay. I'm, I don't think her, her friends are just going to be like how they were on, on, um, on NXT, just background players, you know? It's, it probably will be the case sooner rather than later. Uh, also, I was, I was just upset that her and Nia didn't really get any get anything done. Nia ran away like a little girl, but you know. I, I said Raw, they need to use Raw Underground for that feud. I feel like those two right. women are the yes. best two in Raw Underground. The best part, the best part of Raw Underground was. was I was that. I was so excited when they when she came out and then she just like walked away. I was like, what? Like what happened? Can't can't give it all away. We just I had to. 
No. We just had two actual characters face off for the first time in Raw Underground. They can't <laughs> give away too much, too much All in right, one fine, night. Fine, fine. Okay, go ahead. We also saw the return of Rey Mysterio to Monday Night Raw to confront Seth Rollins and get a measure of revenge along with Dominic. What was your thoughts on Rey returning to Raw, Chris G? Uh, I'm just going to start off with this. The whole mijo, papi, I love you, papi. Mijo, I'm going to do this for the family. That shit is fucking cringeworthy, bro. I am, you did this shit 15 years ago with Eddie when you were telling Dominic you love him. Mijo, I'm going to do this for the family. Don't want to hear this shit now. I need Rey Mysterio to be like, you're a man. You're a grown-ass man now. Go out there, handle business, and put on for the family. We need, we need intensity from Rey Mysterio, bro. I'm, I'm tired yeah. of him being this fucking dad. This, this beat-up shallow hollow shell of himself dad depending on his son to, to fight his back to help him you have to help yeah, him yeah you know he needs he needs he needs a little fire i'm tired of the me whole puppy like shit just it makes me want to smoke more <laughs> this is true this is very true but he wasn't the only person to return on Monday Night Raw as Shawn Michaels returned to address Randy Orton, who comes out and RKO's and punts HBK, who immediately gets up uh, before Drew McIntyre makes the save to be RKO'd himself. HBK got a lot of heat on social media from the likes of Bully Ray as well as Velvet Sky for his lack of selling for the RKO and punt. What was your thoughts on HBK's return and his sell? On Monday Night Raw, Gary. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, again, a lesser groan than the retribution groan, but a groan nonetheless. <laughs> for, uh, for me, it was just, you know, last week we saw what I think might have been the perfect segment between Randy Orton and Ric Flair. Yeah. If, you, if that was the go home segment, man, that would be the most hyped up match ever. And I'm really looking forward to the match, so, you know, I'll say that. I think they've built it really well. But uh, the Shawn Michaels thing just didn't really make sense anyway. Yeah. Um, there's no real huge connection between him and Randy Orton, aside from, I guess, both of them know Triple H. And then there's nothing really between him and Drew McIntyre, aside from he was, you know, one of the producers in NXT while McIntyre was there, which is something that us fans aren't really meant to know anyway. It's something that if you're watching the show and you don't pay attention otherwise, you're not really meant to know that. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels has only been on screen recently a bit more. So for me, it was not great. Um, the one thing that I'll say kind of before that, I got told three weeks ago, I think it was now, that they were doing the angle with Randy Orton and Ric Flair two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. This is where timelines get good, but they taped both episodes. Uh, I know the week before that they had the Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre with really intense promos. Apparently, the only plan before that week was that they were doing the Ric Flair angle, and that was definitely planned for that week. My big confusion is I don't know why they wouldn't have just planned it for the week after, because it makes me think maybe they didn't have anything planned the week before, which ended up in something good anyway with the promos, but maybe they also didn't have anything planned the week after, which is where Shawn Michaels is coming. Or maybe they had something else planned, and it just not worked out. I thought we might see Christian again. I thought he was going to be the one to come back and maybe he'd be the little catalyst to get this match, you know, come back full circle. But after such a perfect segment, Ric Flair selling really well, 
of all the people not to sell really well, Shawn Michaels isn't the one I thought would do it. So, uh, <laughs> really disappointing. Really disappointing. It is 2020, and Shawn Michaels still will lay down for <laughs> no man. <laughs> so, Damn. What did you, Chrissy, think about the overall very chaotic nature of Monday Night Raw this week? It's like Gary said, it felt like a lot of things were just thrown together. Thrown together, yep. Like for the go-home show. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like a go-home show a lot of times. What was your thoughts, Chrissy? It was. I felt like it was very rushed. Um, I was. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Um. It just felt like they just took a whole bunch of things and like shuffled the cards and let's say, okay, we're going to do this one. That goes next. This goes going to go fifth. This going to go to last. And we're going to close out with Shawn Michaels and that's it, which we didn't even need to, we didn't even need Shawn there. Um, cause after the, the week before with Ric Flair, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think that that segment was really needed. I mean, it closed out and it showed Randy Orton on top, which was, you know, what the legend killer is all about, but you know, I'm, it, it it wasn't even really necessary like the like the whole back and forth with Raw Underground like I I I was liking what Raw Underground was giving this week for what this was like the third week it, we've had it yeah. I think I think it's getting better um for what the product is supposed to be of Raw Underground I'm I'm getting I'm getting to like more and more I'm getting I'm liking to see what's going to happen um other than that as far as Raw I it, it was felt very thrown together like last minute very bad for a go home show for your next uh big pay per view that's happening this weekend for a big wrestling weekend. Not not cool at all. As did NXT, but we'll get to NXT too. So <laughs> I I agree with both Gary and Chrissy. This this I feel like last week with the dominant getting last yes. with the Kendall yes. stick and the Ric Flair segment that would have been the perfect go home segment for both of those because yes. even with the Dominic yes. and the Ray like. Dominic got his revenge this week. Like it was like, what's gonna happen on Sunday? It's not. We don't need to. We don't need to see you fight him. And, like and it's then, over. And, and then even I didn't mention the street profits with Montez getting poisoned. We just yeah. find out Bel- uh, Selena poisoned him, and this Sunday they got their revenge on Monday. So what's the point of this Sunday? So yeah. It's, it was just thrown together a lot. It was just off. And then finally, our last thing that we missed was Impact Emergence Night 1 with the Motor City Machine Guns defeating the North to defend the Impact Tag Team titles in a very good main event. We had the Good Brothers defeat Ace Austin and Madman Fulton in their Impact in-ring debut. And finally, Rohit Raju in probably one of the biggest upsets <laughs> of the year. Wins the X Division Championship in the three-way opener against the champion Chris Bay and TJP. Gary, you've been big on Impact Wrestling since uh, last year, you said. And then especially with Slammiversary and everything they've done since then. What was your thoughts on Emergence Night 1? Well, one of my favorite things about Impact, and actually I should say first, I mean, that makes that makes them a major promotion, doesn't it? Because you need to be doing a two-weekly special this year to be a weekly prom- a major promotion, which we've thought of AEW and WWE. But for me, Impact, my favourite thing about Impact Wrestling, they value their talent the right way. And I know they've not done so in the past. There are a lot of criticisms about what they've done in the past. But right now, they're doing everything right. And I keep saying it, they have become an overnight success with three years of preparation to become an overnight success. Yeah. So the new management have done everything right, and everything building to Slammiversary was to get to that point. 
now I think they're just showing the world what they can do. They they do have a lot of still technical kinks to work out with Twitch and stuff like that. That's the one thing they're not great at. But for me, the Rohit Raju um, title win, I think, just epitomises what Impact is doing right now. They are giving people a chance who are people that have worked to earn that chance. How many people from WWE have we seen go to Impact recently? A lot. How many of them are holding titles? One, and it's one that wasn't really valued in WWE and Deonna Perrazzo. So they are putting the WWE guys in the right way. Eric Young is obviously someone that was an Impact legend that wasn't really used in WWE anyway. So I think he's going into the main event picture. That's something like a yes, we're finally seeing the real Eric Young again. Mm-hmm. The good brothers seem to be getting used the right way as well. And man, they just always look great when they've got freedom. If anyone saw Talking Shop of Mania, they'll know that those guys just are there to have fun. They're going to do big things and impact. Emergence Night 1, I thought was really good. But the one thing that I had for the full of Night 1 is I'm just like, oh man, how good is this 30-minute Iron Man match going to be next week between Deonna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace? So, annoyingly, that kind of soured my experience of what was an incredible show, because I really enjoyed the show, but that full night I'm sitting going, man, I can't wait for this match. So, they've definitely valued it the right way. If they're putting them in the main event of the second night, they've done everything correctly, and I just think Impact, if they sort out the little technical deals they've got with Twitch, if they maybe, and I think Access TV is a pretty big spot to be in anyway, but if they were to maybe get a bigger TV deal, yeah. I think they would be doing great stuff. I, I love Impact. I think they're doing everything the right way, and I'm just absolutely enjoying watching every week. I, I really enjoyed Emergence. The exhibition match definitely uh, surprised me. I didn't expect it to be that good, and then the surprise finish with Rohit Raju paying paying off with giving giving credit to a long stalwart of Impact Wrestling for the last couple of years, who kind of been a forgotten guy, and he was uh, one of the Desi Hit Squad, which was kind of like the Job Squad of of Impact Wrestling. <laughs> for him to kind of surprise everyone and win the title, I think that's really good credit to someone who's been with the company. The only one I feel bad for is Chris Bay because he doesn't get to hold the title too long. But, ah well, that's wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So we have to go into our top news now. And, of course, the top news story has to do with WWE. WWE announces the introduction of WWE Thunderdome. As we discussed on True Hill Heat 87, WWE is set to have a long-term residency at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida, starting this weekend with SummerSlam. The financial details of their deal with uh, Amway Center was revealed this week as well, saying that WWE paid $450,000 to hold events at the arena for the next two months. WWE has also announced that they will be converting the Amway Center into the Thunderdome with a new set video boards and more the announcement also confirms that fan that fans will not be allowed into uh, the events which will be restricted to essential personnel uh the press release that wwe put out says wwe thunderdome featuring a state-of-the-art set video boards uh pyrotechnics lasers cutting edge graphics and drone cameras will take wwe fans viewing experience to an unprecedented level starting this friday 
Friday, August 21st on Fox, kicking off SummerSlam weekend. The first virtual sign-up for the new concept was uh, filled up within minutes for Friday Night SmackDown. And WWE, apparently with this move to the Amway Center, is considering the return of big stars like Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns as they are going to really go all out with this move over to Amway Center from the Performance Center. So what are your guys' thoughts on WWE Thunderdome and fans being a part of SummerSlam weekend? We'll start with our very special guest, Gary. What's What was your thoughts? I, I think it's great. I think it is absolutely fantastic just because, you know, even now, see if you look back and watch, I believe yeah, yeah. it was Money in the Bank was the pay-per-view where there was no one in the arena, no one on the other side of the barricade. It is very awkward to watch. It's very, very awkward going back and watching those. We know why fans can't be in, in arenas. And AEW have announced today that they're going to have 10 to 15% capacity. So, I mean, that's something, but it's still not maybe going to be ideal for atmosphere. To provide atmosphere, I think this is necessary. For me, when I got I got emailed the, the press release to the WWE UK team, and I opened it and I was like, Thunderdome, which I need to say, your pronunciation of Thunderdome, the way you say it, is great. I hope WWE hire you to say that and just have that <laughs> clip played every time Thunderdome is on screen because it's great. Um, but for me, that, I was like, what an odd name. But the name, while it is the most exciting part, you know, in terms of creative, it's the least exciting part because who cares what the name is? We actually care about what is happening. So you mentioned there, you know, the pyro and stuff like that, the smoke, the lasers. Mentioning that, I'm like, wow. And then I don't know if any of you guys seen, but someone I would love to interview, and I think a lot of people would, Kevin Dunn, done an interview with Sports Illustrated on this. And for me, you know, firstly, I'd be like, what's with all the camera cuts, man? Come on. But once you get past that, you need to find out about the Thunderdome. And they did. And a lot of the stuff that they said, uh, that he said, sorry, was great. Apparently, they're going to have drones flying in the arena, which is, again, why they can't have limited audience, because the drones are going to enhance the the experience as well. They're going to have a a roof, inbuilt roof, with projections on the roof. He said that apparently, you know, um, the sound, which I don't know how they're going to do this, the sound is going to be half piped in sound and half sound coming from the virtual audience. So you will be able to hear if they're chanting and stuff. That one, I'm not sure how production are going to deal with that because it's a pretty tricky thing to do. Um, but if anyone can do it, I guess WWE are probably the people with, the, with the, the, the capability to do it. But the most exciting things, the two that stood out for me is that he mentioned, you know, for Drew McIntyre's entrance, say, he, was just gonna, he, he might have, because he's such a big baby face, they might have the fans chanting and reacting to the entrance, but they're just going to turn it into, you know, a, a, a room of content all about Drew McIntyre. And the other name that he mentioned was Bray Wyatt, where they said, for him, the crowd ain't going to be seen. They're just going to make it. And they missed a pun here. They said, like, a fiendsdom. Like, make it a fiendsdome, like the Thunderdome. But um, they, they kind of, they, they sold me really well. Between the press release and the interview and a little bit of, you know, tiredness surrounding the current situation because the Performance Centre can only really be as good as they've made it anyway. They can't really make that go any further. So I think yeah. it's the right time. I think they're definitely doing it the right way and they have completely sold me on it. Can't wait for SmackDown, can't wait for SummerSlam. And I'm just hoping it works because it will make watching the, the programming 
no matter what's on TV, no matter if the creative isn't so great, I'll be like, well, the Thunderdome's great. So my, my only disappointment is that Triple H doesn't have a match on SummerSlam because they because it came out like Mad Max, like he did a few years ago at WrestleMania and competed with the full uh, story. But no, I'm excited. Can't wait to see it. I love it. I love I love the enthusiasm you got for it. It gets me excited for it as well. <laughs> so what I've done for retribution, I guess that's the opposite. Of yeah, you were saving it for this, <laughs> Chris. Yeah, what's your What's your thoughts on the announcement of WWE Thunderdome? I I like it. I'm I'm intrigued. I want to see the setup. I want to see how the fans get to interact. I want to see what special effects they put. You know, I just. I mean, it's one of those things is like, you you really don't know what to expect until it happens. So I'm just, I'm really just waiting for it. Uh, I guess we'll find out Friday, since Friday is yep. going to be the first day. Um, unfortunately, because of other big news that we're going to get into later on the show, I think the Thunderdome is going to be short-lived. Maybe they're going to do the two months that they signed up for to, to, to fulfill the financial agreement. And then after that, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I think that's a perfect segue. Do you think that this is going to be like the short-term future for the WWE with the way they're going to present their uh, television with this introduction of the Thunderdome, Chrissy? Um, I, I'm excited, but I'm, I'm still like skeptical, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like they kind of like ripped off the... The NBA bubble, they have like the little people, they have like the people on the screen. I feel like they've taken that and they were like, okay, let's put it somewhere. Let's get, let's get our own fans and let's make our own thing with the stupid name that they made. But um, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Hopefully, I mean, to give reactions to great bumps, it should be exciting now, not just me making noise. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Yes, yes. I like like Gary said, I think it's just we needed a change and that change is gonna make the viewing experience at least if if it's not gonna be good or bad, it's gonna be different. And we need something right. different after this pandemic era kind of just it became kind of just all the same. I don't know, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. With the with the performance center after a while. Like it just got stagnant after after all of this. So but I do agree with Chris. We will get into some news. Gary kind of mentioned it. How I think this is gonna be probably short lived. Yeah, I think it's gonna be this two month <laughs> period in Amway Center and then Vince and is gonna it? Vince is going to want to bring the fans back in for sure. But we got other big news that happened this week. It's a couple of a couple of days ago, Renee Young is apparently leaving the WWE. It was first reported by Mike Johnson of PW Insider. She gave her notice about a week ago that she is planning to leave, but it is unknown what her final date will be. She will still work uh, this weekend, SummerSlam and related events. That was from the last press release that came out uh young has been working with wwe since 2012 after previously working for canada score network she has had a variety of jobs as we all know from raw color commentator backstage interviewer she was the host of wwe backstage and talking smack and more it remains to be seen where she will go next while it's possible she could join aew with her husband uh john moxley she's also had offers outside of wrestling industry from espn 
ESPN as well as Fox. Her recent cookbook is an example of that. Young seemingly hinted at this uh, last week in a post on her Instagram story, which she wrote, I know what I bring to the table, so trust me when when I say I'm not afraid to eat alone and drop the mic. That was some bars. (laughs) Some some bars right there. This news (laughs) follows the very... Very public admission of Young that she had contracted the COVID-19 virus and from working from the WWE TV uh, tapings. This was during the whole big outbreak that happened in WWE. And the report that WWE officials never contacted uh, Young to check in on her. A couple of WWE superstars as well as superstars from AEW checked on her, but never the WWE officials apparently. A lot of uh, current and former WWE talent came out this week and expressed uh, sadness as well as admiration for Young and her work from Dax uh, Hartwood of FTR and AEW Mick Foley as well as Paul Heyman. Uh, This is very interesting. Very interesting news with everything that happened. She also was, um, her show WWE Backstage was also cancelled that same week where she contracted or announced she contracted the virus. So what are your guys thoughts on the possible departure of Renee Young following SummerSlam weekend? We'll start with you Gary. I remember seeing that post, that incredibly put post about not being afraid to eat alone, and it did kind of signal the end, but I don't think anyone thought it would come this quickly. It's kind of interesting because who knows what kind of contract she was on, if the contract was up maybe a while ago and they were renegotiating, or maybe she wasn't on like a complete full-time contract. No idea on that situation because I I believe that the broadcast um, kind of broadcast team are on different um, types of contracts, so no idea on that one, but for me, oh, it's a big loss, considering Kathy Kelly left not long ago, and she was uh, someone that I think, you know, the team they've got there are still good, but Kathy Kelly was great for the social media stuff, Renee Young is legit, as legit as they come in the broadcast world, not just wrestling, um, and I hate downplaying wrestling like that, but, you know, the, the reality is, she can probably, no matter what she's earning at WWE, she can probably earn more than that somewhere else doing something yeah. mainstream. The, the, the most, the oddest thing about this, um, there's been these kind of little back and forth for a while. I don't know if anyone remembers on backstage when John Moxley made a, a little cameo. And I think that might have, you know, upset a few people as well. So maybe that is something that contributed. You mentioned the COVID thing. Maybe that did as well. Maybe... You know, the way WWE is right now and, and just the performance center stuff, maybe that contributed. Who knows? But for me, I think Renee Young is just a phenomenal talent. She's somebody that I think they will really struggle to replace on those pre-shows if they keep going with the pay-per-view pre-shows. And I guess maybe backstage being gone, that kind of minimizes the, the kind of loss. But at the same time, Raw Talk returns. If they were to bring back Talking Smack, she would have been perfect for that. I yeah. just think... For me, I kind of hope she goes to AEW because I want to see more of her in wrestling. But, you know, she could go anywhere. And I actually wouldn't mind her going to AEW. I know they've got a plethora of people that are talented here. But if she went and done commentary, because she, I think she got an unfair, you know, a really unfair criticism about her commentary. I thought she was good on commentary. Um, but I don't really mind. I just hope that, you know, she goes and is valued somewhere else because that seems like the thing that she feels like she was missing from what we know anyway. Absolutely agree with you there. Chrissy, what's your thoughts on Renee Young's possible departure? Um, it was only a matter of time. Like, 
that's my thinking of it. Um, I knew it was going to happen, just didn't know it was going to happen this quickly. Um, but like, like he said, it, it's probably like a number of things, her having COVID, um, John getting her camera shot, not even on purpose, but, you know, mostly probably by accident. It's probably a number of things. She's just probably like, you know, it's probably about time that I can just go and I, my, my, I'm, I worth something more once I leave if I'm by myself. Like, you probably think I'm not going to make it, but for sure my name carries, you know, carries a lot more and, than you think. You probably think that I'm just WWE, and that's probably not the case at all. She can go anywhere. And um, I'm excited. I, I wish Talking Smack would have came back. Um, I, I like that. that um, I think she would have been perfectly fine. I thought that was actually a great, great show. But um, I'm excited to see where she lands and what's going to happen for her. And I think it was kind of ironic that the rumors of Talking Smack returning literally came like days before we got this news that she was departing. It was like they were kind of trying to bring it back to give her to give her something at the same time. She's also uh, actually been talking about making a comic book as well. So she's a multi-talented lady, like Gary said. She's going to get a job no matter where. I know right Mm -hmm. now, though, places like ESPN and Fox are not really hiring. They're kind of cutting down more than ever. So AEW is a cool option as well for her. Chris G, do you believe that the whole controversy with WWE's handling of the virus had anything to do with her decision to depart the company? I think it was a cog in the machine that is the car that started <laughs> to drift away when when Moxley went to AEW when he said I he like that analysis, sign. friend. I, I know. You see, you see, Mary Mary helps me sometimes. But, <laughs> but the fact that it feels like since Moxley left, little by little, they have been like stripping little things from her, whether it was commentary, talking smack. Uh, pre-shows, whatever. It feels like they've been stripping duties a little, uh, a little bit away from her. And I mean, the Mox cameo—he did that shit on purpose. He knew what he was doing. It might have got her some heat. It, it might have got her some heat, but I think it was more like just the trajectory of everything, the way everything is going. The COVID test probably was a catalyst. Like, hey, I'm in an unsafe work environment when my husband is taking precautions every week and they're testing him every time that he goes to, to tape and shit. So that might have something to do with it. I, I don't think she's going to have any hard time looking for work. ESPN, regardless if ESPN is not hiring or not, I think they know the following and, uh, and, uh, and the viewers or basically the fans behind Renee Young, they can get those and it might be worth the, the contract, whatever they pay her. But she's easily just an option to go to uh, to AEW because her husband works there, and they can use her for commentary backstage. She's talented. She can bring a lot. She to the can table. do it. Yep. So so um, this is WWE dropping the ball once again. It it is it is it is. It's kind of sad to to say that, but it's 
it's a situation that we're going to have to keep our eye on for sure. But we have to segue into the go-home show for WWE NXT TakeOver XXX TakeOver 30. This is not the time of the week. We are not going to be talking about week 46 of the Wednesday Night War because there was no war last night. We did not have AEW Dynamite. We will be talking about the special Saturday AEW Dynamite that's coming up on August 27th and the lineup for that uh, towards the end of the show. But we have to talk about the go-home show for TakeOver 30. And But I will give you the ratings for WWE NXT, and it was an interesting one with no dynamite <laughs> as competition. Chrissy Love, hit the drums. So NXT finishes off uh, a solo, no AEW competition with 853,000 viewers. Wow. It's their highest rating since October 2nd. Yes, since the first week of the Wednesday Night War, this is their biggest rating yet with 853,000 viewers on August, on October 2nd they got 891,000 against the debut of Dynamite. No, actually on November uh, 20th they had 916,000 but 853,000 their biggest of 2020 ratings wise. So quite That's unfortunate. Night. Quite the night for WWE NXT. Velveteen Dream defeats Finn Balor to uh. become the final participant in the five-way North American title ladder match at TakeOver 30. To the dismay of the wrestling community. Uh. Not just Chrissy Love with that sigh right there. Uh, <laughs> John, Johnny Gargano defeats uh, Ridge Holland to uh, also advance to that ladder match with a brutal, brutal bump. We talked about Ooh, him yes. landing on his head on the last uh, True Hill Heat 87, and we got to actually see it. I didn't think we were going to see it. I thought they were going to edit it out, but they did not. They showed it to the crowd, to us as sitting at home as well. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez returns to once again align herself with Dakota Kai and attack NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai ahead of TakeOver. Over 30, Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart defeat the Robert Stowe brand, uh, Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah in a pretty good tag team matchup. Mm -hmm. An incredible video package on Keith Lee versus Karen yes. for the NXT Championship. I, I said it on Twitter. This was probably the best video package of 2020 for the WWE. Yeah. And in the highlight of the show, and it pains me to say this, in the highlight of the show... Pat McAfee cuts one of the best go-home promos that we've heard for SummerSlam weekend, cutting a promo against Adam Cole, building up to their big match at TakeOver 30. So I will start with Chrissy Love for this one. What are your thoughts on the big ratings for WWE NXT and what went down on the go-home show? Very surprised that they had such a big, ratings for their go home show that I didn't even think was that good. Um I, I for their go home sh for their show going to into takeover 30. Come on, this is takeover. It's supposed to be something of a big night and it was just like meh like like the video package did it for me. I thought that was phenomenal. I was like that brings me back to like their old video packages that like build up. That's a good build up. Um still think that they shouldn't have gave you know Keith Lee the belt if they're gonna give take it away to make Cross so big because Cross is huge right now, and um, 
I just thought the show was like kind of like thrown together and like pieced together. Didn't like the whole Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor match. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure why Finn is like being like you brought him over and now he's been like squashed. Like he's been squashed his entire time on NXT. Let's just call it what it is. Like, He's, he's, he's always a big star. Maybe he, he hasn't got the push you wanted for him. You're a big Finn Balor uh, fan, but I, I wouldn't say he's been squashed. Okay, friend. If you, we can call it, a, call it what you want to. Um, I'm just telling you what we see over here. Um, he's only been losing 83 weeks in a row. Thank you. See? Thank you, Chris. See what I'm saying? He's the only one that don't see it. I don't. I don't. I don't think I don't he's know. been. Yeah. I don't think he's been squashed. That that the term uh, that term is a little too strong for Finn Balor. It, it needs. She, she's, she's, she's she meant buried. She meant buried. I meant buried. There we go. There we I go. Mean, I mean, it needed <laughs> Timothy Thatcher to interfere with that. That's also been named for a match for a Takeover Thirty: Thatcher versus Balor. So they had to set up another match for Takeover. Takeover only had four matches. For him so, to lose again. I wouldn't, I don't, you know, that's not a guarantee. You know, you okay. never know. You're right. been, he, he has won at all the takeovers, though. He won at TakeOver Portland. He won at You're TakeOver right. War Games. Okay. And he won at TakeOver In Your House. Well, his his, um, his uh, track record on, um, on NXT Wednesday night has been really, is like Owen 55. 83. There you go, friend. 83. Um, other, than that, other than that, my, my answer is too long. I'm sorry. Um. I thought the show was okay. I, as for for a closeout show for Takeover, I expected way way more. All right, so Gary, how about you? What's your thoughts on the big ratings for WWE NXT and the Go Home Show? I actually think the rating wasn't as big as I thought it would be. I thought they might get to a million because of the no competition thing, but maybe that was me <laughs> having high expectations. Uh, Very high. Uh, Sorry, Gary. Too high. Too high. Yeah, I, th- I think it was definitely high expectations. Either way, I, I, I do agree. I think the show was a bit of a nothing show. Um, the, the one thing that I would say is they're progressing the storylines well, even when it's a nothing show, because the, the cross, you know, cross keeps me as... No matter what you thought about the thing that happened a couple of weeks ago with the signing, I know that was a bit mixed. Uh, it made people watch, and, and people were watching that video quite a bit. I wish some of you would go over their obsession with eyes. I think they need to stop doing that. But yeah, I think for me it's, um, it's a bit of an interesting one. It's, they are probably doing the right things while still doing the, the wrong things, I guess. So, I mean, TakeOver is still an exciting pay-per-view. I love what they're doing with, with you know, I'm a big fan of Shotzi Blackheart uh, via Ripley as well. So, I like what they're doing there. And like you said, Pat McAfee, man, he has completely sold me on this match. And I didn't think I was able to say that. I, I think I'm in the minority here. I got a little bit, not bored of Adam Cole. That's, a, again, a strong statement. But I know he can put on amazing matches. I've seen a lot of amazing matches. After he lost, lost the championship, I was like, I don't really know what's next. Unless you put him on Raw SmackDown, uh, I don't really think I'm interested in seeing much else on NXT. I didn't think the person that would make me interested was Pat McAfee. They built it perfectly. The stuff that they'd done, you know, it was a bit... When they started putting it on TV and you knew, right, okay, okay, there was no way it was, you know, a shoot in any way. Of course it was a work. I think most people thought that anyway, but there was no way it was a, a, a shoot in any way. 
but they still managed to get it interesting on TV. They managed to transform it from something that was quite cool to something that is going to be a blockbuster match. And I don't know if anybody has seen the video of Pat McAfee training, which I know is it's different training than being in the ring at TakeOver, but that led me to believe that he's not going to disgrace himself whatsoever. As someone who doesn't watch NFL and doesn't really know anything about Pat McAfee, I'm still excited about this, and it just takes looking at Twitter to know that he is a big draw because he's got an incredible amount of followers. His YouTube has a ridiculous amount of subscribers. ESPN have picked up the story, so it's big news, and I think it's going to be an entertaining match. I, I am one person... And I agree with so much you said. I am one person who I I I I've been an NFL fan. I was a Colts fan when he won a Super Bowl. But when they said the name Pat McAfee, I had no clue who the hell he well, was. Who he was? Yep. But but they have done a good job of transitioning this from the the start of it, where I was really down on that segment where he punted uh, Adam Cole because he took away from a very good tag team match between Imperium and Undisputed Era with nothing but short jokes. It really didn't interest me. I was like, I was like, this this seems like a grade school rivalry more than a, a major match at Takeover. He completely yeah. turned turned my turned my viewpoint on this within the last two weeks. Adam Cole showed a lot of intensity in his promo last week, and then uh, Pat McAfee, I was down on it watching it live, because the mannerisms that McAfee was doing was a lot of, it felt forced to me, it felt like he was trying to be a wrestling mannerisms, but yeah. once I took a second viewing of it and listened to what he was actually saying, that is a money promo, that is a heat-seeking promo, he cut out all the short jokes, he talked about Adam Cole, he built up Adam Cole. He said, Adam Cole, you're great. You've been all over the world. You've beaten everybody. You were undefeated for 400 days, and it took me one and a half minutes to kick you and knock you out in, in a couple of weeks ago. That was perfect. It was pitch perfect. It was a great heel promo. I said, and I'll say it again, he would make a great heel manager. I've seen the stuff that he's done in the ring with his training with Rip Rogers and in his ring. Everything he did in that little training montage, though, said babyface to me it didn't really he, he was doing like he was doing like standing moonsaults and stuff like that i don't know if he's going to be able to transition what's a really great heel character on the mic to in the ring because to me naturally if a celebrity is going to be good in the ring you want to cheer him you want to cheer somebody who's not really that trained in the sport and you want to cheer them if they're going to be actually good and it seems like he's going to be actually good so i don't know how the the juxtaposition in the characters are going to work from when he's in the ring but this has been a great way to turn adam cole he uh, adam cole babyface because he looked like a badass out there his final line was saying i'm going to make you my bitch and just the look on mcafee's face sold me on the whole match i was like this yeah, this is a big match for TakeOver. Whether I think McAvee's a big star or not, his Twitter following definitely says he's a star. His YouTube subscribers says he's a star. And the fact that he came out with AJ Hawk, I know Chris G probably got something to say about that. <laughs> uh, says a lot. He got actual NFL stars to come on the show. It's going to get picked up by ESPN and all these uh, sports platforms. So it is going to be a type of a mainstream draw for TakeOver 30, which is something they needed. And as a go-home show, I, I agree with both Chrissy and Gary. It felt a little bit off for most of the segments. A lot of the segments didn't feel like it was going home. Like The final segment was really good to kind of build up that ladder yeah. match. I, I love Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes... Oh. 
But the highlight, he wasn't even in the main event, but he was the <laughs> highlight of that whole main event segment with standing up on the ladder holding the, the, the uh, yeah. American title. He was like he was like a leprechaun with his pot of gold at the top <laughs> of the ladder, just talking talking his shit the whole time. He made that final segment to me. That was good to build up that match. I like Raquel Gonzalez coming back, and I like the whole character of Dakota Kai telling us, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to do it on my own. And then Raquel Gonzalez comes out. That's her insurance policy. And no one was believing that Dakota can do it on her own against Shirai, so they needed Raquel to come back and kind of give her, give her the- that Mm-hmm. Give people the doubt that Shirai is not going to be able to defend her title uh, with Raquel in uh, Dakota Kai's corner. And I just, I really like the the video package. That video package was the best of WWE whole year and probably one of the best NXT has ever produced. It just built up that match as one of the biggest matches ever. And it actually gave me a feeling that Keith Lee could possibly win on Saturday. I think a lot of people you are caught in so? Yeah, I think a lot of people are counting him out, but I think that this is Cross's opportunity to not just prove that he's a great character, but that he can actually live up to the main event stature and do a 15-20 minute match. I know some people are saying that it should be sub-10 minutes. No. An NXT no, title, I thought it didn't know. After the history of the 15, NXT 20. Uh, yeah, after the history of the NXT title match, this match has to be about 15-20 minutes, so this is a big opportunity for Cross to live up to that mantra of the NXT title match, so I think it's going to be a really great match, and that video package kind of set it up perfectly, and I am happy that NXT got this rating, and I think, Gary, you were forgetting that 18-49 to 49 demo does not watch NXT, so that's, <laughs> that's what because there was no AEW on, they would watch NXT? No, they probably watched the, the they, NBA they, <laughs> that's why that's why i was surprised because i was like wait it's coming on saturday so i'm like okay why is it coming on saturday and then i was like oh then i turned when i turned to do my picture in picture for my regular wednesday ritual um i noticed that it was the playoffs playing so so chris g we know you got wednesday night warriors but tell us what was your thoughts on this big rating for nxt yeah not too many details because i need you guys to watch my show too I had uh, predicted that it would be between eight to nine thousand, nine hundred thousand. I knew they weren't going to reach a million because of the NBA playoffs. So, Duh. <laughs> it, it's, it's right around what I expected. The, the viewership wasn't going to go up because there's no AEW Dynamite, but it wasn't going to hit a point where we were going to say, "Oh shit, wow!" They 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 provoked the rating because there's just other stuff on that is more entertaining sometimes. Um, I don't think it was a good go-home show. It was a decent episode of NXT, but for a go-home show to the 30th takeover, like it feels such a, like a big uh, takeover, like a monumental number, 30, you know? So to have an underwhelming go-home show, it, it, it felt kind of flat, but I mean, I'm invested into most of the feuds anyway. So hopefully on takeover Saturday, you know, we go to the moon! <laughs> I, I, I know, already know what's your prediction for that match. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Kind of run down a couple of other news points. WWE news, a very scary incident over the weekend. A man apparently broke into the Florida home of Sonia DeVille. Uh, this man in stalker made her alarm go off where Sonia saw him on her patio, and, but she was able to get herself and a house guest out and to their car to call 911 in time. The house guest was her real life best friend and WWE rival Mandy Rose.
Rose. Uh, we are very all thankful for uh, that Sonya and Mandy were able to get out safely and uh, things ended the way it, that it did. But Gary, I got to ask you, what's, what's your thoughts on this very crazy like news story? I know everybody's been talking about this one. This was like something that's out of the ordinary. We've seen like fans kind of take it to like the over the top level. But this is like a whole different type of story and situation here. Yeah, um, I think that the only positive to take from this is the outcome and that nothing, you know, negative, apart from the obvious feeling on it, nothing negative happened to Sonya Deville because when you look at the details of, you know, how the how the guy was arrested, man, it looked like a lot of scary stuff could have happened. Uh, obviously, I don't want to speculate on what could have happened, but just knowing what he had on him and, and the kind of instability that... that Sonia Deville read out a message that she'd found from who she believed to be him on social media. It just seemed like the kind of thing that you just need to be thankful that they got out okay. And you yeah. know, not even not even just that. The fact that you know their alarm worked because if anything, if the alarm didn't wake them up or anything happened, you don't know what could have happened. Um, yeah. For me, I keep saying this. This is kind of a it's a, a deep rooted problem where. I think social media has been absolutely fantastic in letting people get closer to wrestlers. I think that's one thing that needs said. Social media has been incredible. I love it seeing, you know, someone on my timeline that gets either a follow or, like, even a, a tweet like or, like, a reply. Anything from one of the wrestlers because it obviously makes their day. That being said, not everyone out there is... And, and this even uh, this is going to be a very minimal version, but not everyone is able to be kind of respectful and no boundaries and stuff like that. This was obviously an extreme version where not only did this person not know boundaries, they if you found their Twitter profile, the the public one that I found of them, they did seem like they were reaching out for help and obviously they didn't get that help, but also they were sending kind of pretty scary things to Sonia Deville uh, yeah. as well. It's it's just a scary situation, but. The main thing is I think people just need to kind of learn overall to be more respectful because no matter, and I would like to think that almost no one would think of going to that length to do anything, but you've got to think that if we get to a situation where we can meet wrestlers again, we can go to shows, wrestlers are probably going to be a little bit hesitant when it comes to interacting with fans because this kind of thing can happen. They don't know if you're going to be a really respectful fan, the best person in the world to interact with, or if you're going to be you know, a complete psychopath who is intending on causing them harm. So I think it's just worth being a bit more respectful of the boundaries. The thing that I always say, and, and this is something that I used to kind of laugh about, and I think now I'm probably going to have to think a bit more seriously about it, is whenever I've went to, you know, WWE shows, I've went and done media beforehand that is in a hotel, and it's in the hotel that the wrestlers are staying at. There's always a lot of people outside yeah. waiting to meet them. Mm -hmm. WWE security is normally quite good at kind of keeping that boundary there and making sure that no one gets like their personal space encroached upon too much. But I always laugh because I come out the hotel and I'm like, ha, they've all got a wrestlers coming out and it's just me coming out and I'm like, wait, it's actually quite scary that oh, this amount of people are finding out the location that wrestlers are in, whether it's an airport or hotel. Their home address is a whole other kettle of fish. That is, that is one step above. But... I went down to Blackpool for um, for takeover, and there was people just waiting in the hotel in the lobby all weekend waiting to meet wrestlers, and they did yep. get to meet you. 
they got to meet Triple H because he came to the hotel, he was staying in a different one I think, but he came to the hotel that I was staying in and a load of the talent was staying in to do a conference call with us and when I went out, the amount of people crowding him as well. But I know that's the thing, you know, you need to go and get yourself selfie, that's just the way it is nowadays. I just hope people do kind of respect the boundaries. Obviously, I would encourage no one to ever, you know, try and hunt down a wrestler's address. That's insane. But I think everybody needs to just respect that wrestlers do need their space. They do need to kind of be themselves, be humans. They, they can't be wrestlers all the time as well. And maybe just understand that wrestlers won't know the difference between a nice, normal fan and someone intending on causing them harm. So I think that's maybe the message. But the main thing is just condemning what the guy done because obviously it's just a terrible thing that no one should ever have to go through and I'm, I'm sorry to Sonia Deville that she did have to go through it and hopefully she isn't too, you know, emotionally distressed by it, but at least she's not physically hurt. Yeah. Yeah, thankful that it wasn't it wasn't as it didn't end as badly as it could have with everything that he had on hand, pepper spray, yeah. zip ties and stuff. He was attempting to kidnap her and keep her away from SummerSlam weekend. So we hope that he stays in jail. They have a, 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 a I think a court case this weekend to kind of decide if he's going to be able to post bail, but hopefully they just keep him in prison for a while cuz he kind of needs to learn and deal with his whole mental state as well. And speaking of fans with uh wrestlers wwe introduces virtual meeting greets for summerslam weekend for 125 dollars per person you get two <laughs> minutes with the wwe superstars on a virtual uh meeting greet as uh they officially called on twitter it is it is, should be known as wwe only stands uh chris g <laughs> what is your thoughts on this virtual meet and greet uh, well, I was going to hit up Matt Riddle and see if I could roll the joints that he smokes for the rest of his life, because that'd be a pretty sweet gig. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, yeah, virtually. Um, it's a good business model for WWE. You know, they want people to feel included. They want to make that extra income that they're missing off of the actual meet and greets that happen physically, especially around this time. One of the big four pay-per-views, there's access and meet and greets all over the place you know so they're missing out on a ton of money so from a business standpoint it makes sense um but from a fan standpoint i'm not gonna pay somebody 125 dollars to look at them through a tv screen or a, and, zoom call. or a zoom call and ask them about you know me personally i'd have questions for the rest of, hey how was your day you know I'm, I'm, I'm a person type of guy but then you got these other fucking fans that are, you know are gonna pay 125 dollars and it's gonna be super awkward so if you want to waste 125 dollars to be super awkward with your favorite wrestler do what you gotta do but for me in my cup of tea i'd rather talk shit on true hill heat for free 99 <laughs> Hey, you can talk your shit as well in the comment section below. Uh, Triple H had his usual uh, conference call prior to NXT TakeOver 30 this week, addressing a number of different things. Uh, Renee Young uh, was one of the latest things. He also confirmed that WWE, the WWE draft will occur later this year, teasing some involvement of NXT. He was also asked about Velveteen Dream. I think Wrestling Observer uh, Radio had the perfect uh, back and forth between Brian and Uncle Dave. Brian said that I heard Triple H had his conference call and had a whole bunch of questions that he had no answer for. And Uncle Dave replied, <sighs> he said things. <laughs> 
That was the great, the best, the best explanation as I listened to that conference call. Uh, they <laughs> talked about Lars Sullivan with workout videos, uh, teasing his return to action. Um, our good friend Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport, who is on True Hill Heat eighty seven. Me and Chris G also took part of the quiz this week on uh, on Talk Sports on Talk Wrestling. Our good friend Gary was also on there as well, and he reports uh, just uh, today Thursday that Shane McMahon man is being considered to be head of creative for wwe raw after his introduction of raw underground uh recently chrissy love what's your thoughts on shane mcmahon potentially heading up monday night Raw? i mean we could take anything right about now i mean what do we got to lose nothing really i mean um if he got some ideas that'll like make things better Bring him on. He's brought Raw Underground, which is something that everyone is starting to like, starting to get adjusted to and starting to like. If you got new ideas from creative, then let's go, friend. There's nothing that they have to lose now. True. And speaking of Raw Underground, the Twitter account Dan Belzer teases the introduction of a Raw Underground title, which will is being said oh, to Lord. be sim- similar to the hardcore title of the I past. I knew he was going to say that. Oh, God. Uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer also says on Twitter that the reason for WWE Backlash coming a week after SummerSlam is for an experiment to see how it works, and they must have a hot angle plan for this weekend. Gary, I'm going to ask you for your first prediction for the weekend. What do you think is going to be the hot angle for SummerSlam leading into back payback? Uh, I think I think you're right. Well, Retribution definitely has to be involved in some way because you know, retribution and payback are synonyms, so surely that's the reason that they've brought the pay for mm-hmm. back. Um, but I don't know, I think it has to be one of the, I think we're going to see a, a main event or one of the main events being redone. Um, I wouldn't think it would be Braun versus Bray. I think we might see a, a rematch between Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah. But my, my kind of, if, if you're asking me what I'm most excited to see, it, of course, has to be Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville because someone's going to end up bald like Braun Strowman. <laughs> so who doesn't want to see that? That's definitely the, the match that I can't wait to watch. We're definitely going to talk about that when we get into our predictions. Uh, final WWE news notes is following his loss to Stipe Menchkoff at UFC 252, Daniel Cormier retired from MMA. In his latest comments, <laughs> he expressed his continued interest in coming to WWE, as well as WWE ex- echoed their interest in Cormier. I. Uh, mm. We all, as reported on True Hill Heat 87, Fightful Select reports that there is a fair amount of heat on Velveteen Dream and the idea of preferential treatment towards Dream with the image that the that others uh, would have been fired for the same things he is accused of. And to be fair to WWE, NXT from last night was filmed the same week that Dream returned, so maybe WWE did not know that the Velveteen Dream would get so much heat. Also, the two other accused of the Velveteen Dream have come out and said that WWE has never came to them or investigated uh, their allegations against the Dream. Wow. And 
AEW news, the big news from AEW, as Gary talked about earlier in the show, AEW announces it will host a limited ticket event at Jacksonville's Open Air Daily's uh, Place Amphitheater starting on Thursday, August 27th. It will only have 10 to 15% capacity to safely bring back the energy to their shows and follow the CDC uh, guidelines. Every person will have to wear a mask. There will be a section off with social distancing for the different pods of people that are coming together but what are you guys thoughts on fans actually being allowed back into the arenas for AEW action we'll start with you Chrissy uh, that's like sending the kids to school it's the same thing it's it's I want to do it but I don't want to do it I want to be safe but I want to I want to be entertained like I want my kids to learn but I also want them not to get coronavirus so I, I don't know it's like it's like the 50-50. It's like I'm, I'm teeter-tottering on the, you know, the seesaw. I don't know which one to pick. Um, I mean, if they're going to be safe, they, they've been proving that everyone has been safe. They've been following protocols, unlike some other people we know. Um, so um, if they're going to do everything within the guidelines and be safe, then I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, do, do your thing. I'm going to be watching, and I'm, gonna, I'm still going to watch it and be entertained and see what you guys are going to do. So... I'm not going to go yet. So. Chris G, how about you? What's your thoughts on AEW bringing in fans? Um, did they say if it was going to be in Daly's place where they're currently recording? Yeah. Is- yeah, Daly's place. Well, the good thing about that, I think it's a, it's an open environment. Open yeah, air. open air. So 10, 15 capacity. You could space people out. Everybody's required to wear a mask. I think the proper guidelines are in place to at least start getting some fans into the arena. I mean, the fans bringing the money with these live shows, you know, with the attendance physically being there on top of buying merch and concessions, all that. So it's a start and I think they're doing it the right way. So I'm excited. And I think we talked about this from the first week that there was like the reports that they were bringing in. Uh, they had like friends of the company coming in to the to the arena. We said this was the test. They were testing it out. So in the future, they could be the first ones to kind of bring back oh, fans yeah, in. Yeah. And that's what basically happened. But Gary, I have to ask you a very interesting question. What do you think Vizic Man's reaction is to this? Because we all know Vizic Man wanted to be the first wrestling promotion or overall company to have fans back at arena. So what do you think his thoughts on AEW beating him to the punch? He may be looking for his receipt for those screens to, to send him back. <laughs> <laughs> that might be possible. No, I- that's the one thing that I, I don't know anything about the how the screens, you know, if there's any kind of lease on them. I know that they've hired a group called the Famous Group, and that's who's providing the screens. They've done some very exciting stuff. You know, I've seen something with the Baltimore Ravens where they had a virtual raven flying right across the pitch and stuff like that. Looks great, but it might be a little bit, um, might be having some buyer's remorse now that AEW have put out this statement because I know it's only 10% or 15% or whatever but it's still people. I'm not sure how much of an atmosphere it'll bring, but it'll bring more of an atmosphere than no people. Um, I think it'll bring more of an organic atmosphere than what screens with people on it will bring as well. And yeah, for me, I think this is the kind of thing that over here, you know, I I live in Scotland, I don't live in the US. Uh, In Scotland, we've not had a death for about three weeks from coronavirus. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, 
I'm still kind of hesitant to go outside and, and do things like a normal person. So for me, I think I'm maybe not the right person to look at this objectively. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm always going to be like, oh, it's still a little bit too soon. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe it's always going to be too soon. Maybe you just need to take a step and see what happens. And I do right. think reading through their statement, it looks like they're doing a lot of the things that, you know, you can't argue with them being the right things. And yeah. I watched a thing recently that I think was based on Chicago from Warrior Wrestling. And yes. they had... Uh, yeah, they, they had a football, um, I think it was a stadium technically, but quite a small stadium. The ring right in the middle of it, and then the, the, those pods that are mentioned in the EW statement of people socially distanced all through the arena, and it looked fantastic. I mean, obviously Chicago's a beautiful place anyway, but it just looked absolutely amazing. So, again, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I think it could be a good move. I just, I really hope that no one's negatively affected after the tapings. And hopefully it's the right step and not, you know, not a step they're taking too soon. But I'm excited for it and I think it's a good step if nothing negative comes from it, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they're far along than, you know, most of us probably think like it's too soon, but they have been taking these steps for a while. It's been like a couple of months where they've been bringing in like friends of of different people, of the wrestlers and people in the company to kind of bring in and test out their guidelines. So this is just another progression for them. But I I am quite interested to see how Mystic Man reacts to this. (laughs) You know he's going to try to rush to get it all done himself too, you know. He's like, gonna, he's like he's waiting for it. Absolutely. You want fifty capacity, pal. Right. <laughs> but you don't want to have gotten people several coronavirus. Um. You know. You you didn't want to make sure everyone was safe. So you could have been doing this too. But no, you didn't want to do that. Hey, he, 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 it takes a while for him to learn things. It's okay. <sighs> AEW also made news this week with releasing talent. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, B. Priestley, and Sadie Gibbs in the company's first round of major ele- uh, releases during the pandemic. All three wrestlers were currently in the UK and un- unable to perform on AEW. Jimmy Havoc was taken off of TV after allegations uh, came out against him during the Speaking Out movement. Priestley was also involved in allegations as well. Uh, Gibbs and Priestley have publicly addressed the releases, expressing gratefulness for their time in the company and for all those that contributed to their time there. Jimmy Jim Cornette, the number one detractor of AEW, came out <laughs> on his podcast and claimed that in talks with Tony Khan prior to the formation of AEW, that Khan wanted to bring uh, Goldberg into the company to repeat his legendary WCW winning streak. But Cody, the EVP of AEW, has come out and debunked those rumors, stating that AEW and Goldberg were never in contact, claiming no truth to this. And Tony Khan also revealed the upcoming schedule for AEW Dynamite during the NBA playoffs. Like we said before, Saturday, uh, this Saturday, August 22nd, there will be a Dynamite. This next following week, it will be on Thursday, Thursday, August 27th. That will be the first one with ticketed fans there with 10 to 15% capacity. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday on September 2nd. And a note on this, this is going to be a week of Wednesday Night Warriors for you, Chris, where uh-huh. it's going to be only AEW Dynamite and no NXT. There's been no no mention from WWE, but I just got um I just heard about this on Wrestling Observer Radio that the NHL playoffs will uh preempt NXT and NXT will be I believe on Tuesday or Thursday that week for um the go home show to all out. We'll have all wow. out 
on Saturday, uh, September 5th. Then it'll be back on Wednesday again for September 9th. It will be late night on on Wednesday, September 16th. And AEW Dynamite will be back on Thursday on September 17th. And then back to every Wednesday following that week. New Japan news. We have Tama Tonga, our good friend of for Gary and of us a True Hill Heat. He said in a <laughs> recent uh, interview with Fightful, AEW is run by guys that New Japan Pro Wrestling built or helped build. Pa pa pa! Shot fired. Uh, <laughs> Switchbay Jay White will return to New Japan Pro Wrestling this week to be a part of New Japan Strong with the New Japan Cup USA Finals. So very happy that one of the best heels in the business is coming back. Gabriel Kidd is also out of action with the knee with the neck injury, so he'll be off of the New Japan Summer Struggle events. And we will preview New Japan uh, Summer Struggle, the big Jinku Stadium show, on next week's True Hill Heat for a three-year anniversary. Impact Wrestling News, the Norse Ethan's Page contract with Impact Wrestling is apparently about to expire in January, and AEW has expressed uh, interest. His tag team partner, Josh Alexander's contract, will not expire until well after January of 2021. Gary, I gotta ask your thoughts. What's your thoughts on Ethan Page? Do you think he's gonna re-sign with Impact, or maybe potentially go to AEW with the interest from that company? I think he's one of these guys that, you know, as much as I talk up Impact, and I think they are doing fantastic stuff, Ethan Page is a guy that, if he spent his life in Impact, he would probably regret not going elsewhere. AEW is a place that I think, either him on his own, or in a team in the North, they would do fantastically well there. I kind of hope he stays in Impact, because I love Impact tag team division, but I do think he would do amazing work. And I would love to see him if Cody still got the belt at that time in one of those open challenges, I think that would be good. I am very interested to see who wins this TNT championship matchup on Saturday, which we'll get to shortly because I don't, I really enjoyed this open challenge and bringing new people in. So I don't want to see it end just this fast, but yeah, to see uh also impact news alex shelley reveals on twitter that benjamin carter trey lamar and lee mahiru uh mariri will debut for impact wrestling very very soon trey lamar and benjamin carter i actually discovered i actually first saw on warrior wrestling friday night lights like gary mentioned before that we sponsored uh you could check out that on high spots wrestling network and you can see our true hill heat trailer on that pay-per-view Cheap plug. Uh, ROH, <laughs> ROH, ROH News PW Insider reports that EC3 will be making his ROH debut as part of their TV taping in Baltimore this week. What's your thoughts on EC3 after his appearance for Impact Wrestling and his feud with Moose uh, ongoing, him jump making a debut with ROH, Chris? Uh, it's unexpected, but I like it. I, I like EC3. I like the fact that he's going to be on multiple promotions. So mm-hmm. get that keep money. Getting, keep getting that money, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was also revealed this week with ROH that Delirious has taken full control of the creative for the company while Marty Scrawl is on leave while they investigate the allegations against him during the speaking out movement. I got to give it up to ROH. We gave a lot of slack to ROH That's in 2000, <laughs> 2019, but they're, they're, uh, the precautions that they're taking with the uh, COVID-19 virus as well as their actions to some of the people that have allegations during the speaking out movement 
have to be commended as well as them paying out front all of their talent for the events that didn't take place even non-contracted talent they paid during this time and i know chrissy you know you weren't very familiar with roh but you heard a lot of bad things yep. not so much <laughs> during 2019 so what's your thoughts on all their actions during this pandemic period listen right now i think 2020 has taught everyone to be creative and just come out rolling and, and what do you got to lose pretty much so it's like if you, you have something give it give it your all and be creative and give us something because you people want to be entertained right now since we can't really travel and go anywhere and do much outside of like the whole you know, distance of being around people. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with it and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And then our final two news notes, uh, 10 of the 16 competitors in the pure title tournament for ROH uh, have been revealed. PJ Black, Tony Dempin, David Finley, as we mentioned before, Jonathan Grisham, Jay Lethal, Rocky Romero, Matt Seidel, Tracy Williams, uh, Josh Woods, and Wheeler Utah will all be in the pure title tournament. They are going back to the traditional Peer title rules, no open fists. Uh, the rope, you only get three rope breaks. On your after that, you can no longer use the rope to break submission holds. And any interference, anybody that interferes will be uh ejected from ROH competition moving further. So, very wow. interesting rules with the pure title tournament. And pure wrestling is back in Ring of Honor. And other wrestling news, sad news Buff Bagwell was involved in a car accident this week. Sean Rossap of Fightful reports it appears. Buff Bagwell was transported to the Wheelstar Kinstone Hospital and with serious injuries after wrecking into various objects in his Chevy Tahoe uh, yesterday. Investigators say they believe Bagwell was impaired by prescription medication. So our prayers wow. and thoughts all to the former WCW uh, superstar. We hope that he gets his life together and he recovers from this accident. And then... Yeah. For our final segment to bring up the spirits a little bit, we got a preview and predictions for this big jam-packed weekend. So much stuff going on. First of all, we got to start off with the Saturday AEW Dynamite. This is a big one for AEW to see if their fans will view them on a, on a Saturday after you know missing out on the Wednesday Night Wars this week. Uh, yep. First up, we got FTR going up against Private Party. This is an interesting clash of styles right here but this is really gonna see how good FTR really is if they can get a really great match out of this young team of private party yeah. we will start with you Gary who you got FTR versus private party I like private party but it's got to be FTR I think they're gonna need to continue that build and make them look strong going forward for um, when we seem to get the fans in the building to get that young bucks match yep absolutely I'm with you there Chrissy Love um, I definitely agree with Gary. Uh, definitely uh, liking Private Party, but for sure FTR is definitely winning. They're not losing because it's, it's got to be something to look forward to for when they go against the Bucks. So. Chris? Yeah, I don't even like Private Party, but I'm going to <laughs> go with FTR. 
This one is it, on paper. It looks like more of a glorified squash match, but we got the elite, right. the elite uh, of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Dark Order, Fi- Allen Five Angels, uh, Alex Reynolds, and the star of Brian the Elite, in my opinion, John Silver. Uh, the Elite versus the Dark Order. I'm gonna make. Uh, I didn't make my prediction for the first match. I agree with you guys, FTR. And in this one, I'm definitely going with the Elite. Chris G, who you got? Silver, you little fucking kid. No, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm 29 years old. I'm going with the elites. Elites versus Dark Order. Who you got, Gary? Got to be the elite for the exact same reason. They need to keep building them. Absolutely. Chrissy? Elite across the board. It seems like a queen sweep right there, and we got the finals. Yes, there will be women's wrestling on AEW this week. <laughs> a rare occurrence. A rare occurrence, it seems. We just did our episode, True Hill Heat 86, about the problem with the AEW Women's Division and their lack of time on TV. And then last week, they only had five minutes. We'll see how much minutes this gets with the finals of the Women's Tag Team Tournament Cup, as it's going to be the Nightmare Sisters of Brandy Rose and Allie. Why did they have... Why? Why is Brandy in this finals? Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not going to get yeah, into like, it. Yeah, like I don't. Uh, I, I, I say, wait, as you friend, I'm so sorry. They, I, I, yeah, go ahead, they, keep going. They will verse Diamante and Ivelisse. I am going to go with Diamante and Ivelisse. I'm begging. I'm begging them to win here. Chrissy Love, who you got? Same. I yeah. No, but no. Brandy's no. <laughs> Chris G. If the Nightmare Sisters win, somebody fold me up in half, put me in a fucking suitcase, and send me into a Why are they called the, the Nightmare Sisters? Find. Oh my god, that is the worst name ever. Oh. I mean, I mean, I'm going with the Puerto Rican and the Cuban. I mean, outside of their match with the Swole family, because the Swole family were one of my favorites in this tag team tournament cup, I think they call them the Nightmare Sisters. I mean, have you seen them in the ring? <laughs> uh, Gary, who you got? Nightmare Sisters versus Diamante and Ivelisse. Say no more, friend. <laughs> sweet has to be Diamante and Ivelisse because they wouldn't, surely they wouldn't have Brando win the tournament. We hope. <laughs> we, we were oh, right exactly and we talked about this on the previous episode all the storylines and stuff have been about brandy pretty much like the unless it's been for a title all the storylines have been about brandy so we will see with the finals to the tag team tournament uh Next up, we got a big eight-man tag. This is going to be crazy. Lucha Bros, Butcher, and The Blade versus Dustin Rose, uh, QT Marshall, The night, the uh, Natural Nightmares, and Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Who you got, Gary? Um, yeah, trying to remember all those, all those names for a start right. as, as a nightmare. Um, but I think I'm going to um, put my neck on the block here and tell you who takes the pinfall. And I think it's QT Marshall. <laughs> that's uh, that's a good one, yeah. Uh, Chris G, who you got? Yeah, I'm going with Butcher and the Blade and Lucha Bros. <laughs> who you got, Chrissy? Butcher and the Blade, Lucha Bros, for sure. All across the board, Lucha, Lucha Bros, Butcher, and The Blade. And finally, in the main event, it will be Cody defending the TNT Championship against the leader of the Dark Order, Brody Lee. Mr. Brody Lee. Brody Lee. Chris G, Wednesday Night Warrior, going to be on a Saturday night. Who you got, Cody or Brody? I think Cody's going to defend. All right, Chrissy? Cody, um, is anyone tired of him coming out with an entourage? Because I am. 
It's not necessary. It's really not needed. You well, don't need all those. You know. You don't need all those people with you, but whatever. All, all you need is, you know, the the your, um. On it. Your yeah, coach. you need your coach, and that's it. Like you don't need the five hundred million people that's coming behind you to coach you on. Like, got it to go. Yay. Okay, no, thanks. But he's probably gonna win still anyway. But anyway. Gary, who you got, Cody or Brody? Got to be Cody. Cody, for you three, I am going to go out on a limb here, and I am going to say Mr. Brody gets the victory. I just feel like the Dark You just said you like the open um, challenge. I, I love the open challenge, but I feel like Mr. Brody needs this victory more than any challenger that Cody has had so far, even more than Scorpio Sky, because Scorpio Sky got his build on AEW Dark, while Mr. Brody has been built up very strongly on Dynamite as well as being the elite i mean like i said the dark order are the highlight of being the elite every week but mr brody needs a major victory since coming over to aew and i think this will be it uh and okay. it takeover xxx no this is not a sex tournament it is <laughs> nxt takeover 30 <laughs> on- you did there friend <laughs> on the pre-show, yes, we will we will get the competition right from the start, starting at six thirty. The pre-show for NXT Takeover Thirty. It will be NXT Tag Team Championship Number One Contenders Match, as it will be Joe Kim Wild and Raul Mendoza of Legado del Fantasma. How did I do, Chris? You did good. You did good. I'm I'm, I'm actually I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> versus versus Brazango versus Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. Who you got, Chris? I got Oni and Danny. Who you got, Gary? I'm gonna kill the pronunciation, but I've got Legado del Fantasma. You did great. <laughs> yeah. You did better than Sid. <laughs> Chrissy, who you got? Del Fantasma. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with uh, Chrissy and Gary. I'm gonna go with Legado del Fantasma. And He's too hot right now. He can't lose. Hey, we got for you, the first match on NXT Takeover is going to be probably Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. This has been building ever since the two men were in a triple threat match with Dexter Loomis to determine who would qualify for the North American Championship ladder match. We got Balor versus Thatcher, Gary. You're probably going to hate me here, but I'm going Thatcher. I think he ends that, that takeover streak. See? See what I'm saying? I, I, can't, I can't blame you here, but I'm going to go with Baller. I just feel like, like they said, he doesn't have the best win-loss record on NXT on Wednesdays. So he does win on takeovers. They're just going to keep on the takeover streak. Uh, Chris G, who you got? I can't remember the last time Finn won a match, so I'm going to say Finn. He's due for one. He's due up. Chrissy, who you got? You know I'm going to go with Finn, so... Of course, of course. Uh, what was I thinking? Uh, NXT North American Championship ladder match. It This is going to be an interesting one. We got, we got Bronson Reed, who got quite the push, especially yeah. on this week's takeover. He would, I mean, this week's NXT, he was the last man standing during that match. At the end of the match, we got Damian Priest, Cameron... Grimes, uh, Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream. It is the five-way, two former champions in this one, but who you got to take the win, Chrissy Love? Um. Okay, so we put the two vets in there, which is uh, Dream and Gargano, right? So to make them lo- make these other young cats look good, right? So I want to go with Cameron Grimes. I feel like he should win the match. However, I think 
that they're going to give to one of the vets, which is probably Gargano. So you're going with Gargano? No. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I'm going with Cameron Grimes, okay? Okay, okay. You know, okay. You know think of what I just said? You didn't see what I just said, friend? That was, that was very confusing. <laughs> Gary, who you got? I think uh, this is the toughest, car, uh, toughest match to predict, but obviously it's got the, the most people, so that's why. For me, I actually think they might give it to Damien Priest. Oh, um, Larry Morgan? Nice. I like that answer. <laughs> that's, that's her alias for one of our friends of the show. <laughs> Shouts out to him. Uh, Chris G, who you got? Well, I want Damien Priest to win. Not because he's Puerto Rican or anything. But I, I, <laughs> I, I want him to win. But I think the North American Championship is going straight to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so want to agree with you guys I so want to pick Cameron Grimes But I'm going to agree with Gary I just think that Damian Priest has gotten So many shots at the North American and he's lost, Championship yeah, you're right. He's lost all of them He lost that in your house When he really yeah. probably should have won, won Against, against Balor But I think this is going to be his big win right here uh, Next up we got the match Everyone is talking about It is the The, the legend of NXT, the debuting Pat McAfee versus the longest reigning NXT champion in history, Adam Cole. One on one, the biggest mainstream matchup in NXT TakeOver history. Who you got, Chrissy? Pat McAfee, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want him to win, though, but unfortunately, it's the, the, the NFL star. Against the wrestling star, and you know money talks. So the end, the football player is gonna win, unfortunately. Chris G, who you got? Um, I don't see a lot of heel celebrities win, other than uh, Kevin Federline, which makes me want to punch myself in the face repeatedly. But um, damn, yeah, I don't see that. that. I don't even want to think wow. about it. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Adam Cole. I think he's gonna take it. Okay. I am going to agree with Chris G here. I'm going to go with Adam Cole getting the victory in this one. Gary, who you got? I also have Adam Cole. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good match, but I need to go Adam Cole. <laughs> we, we need Adam Cole to win. We, want, we need him to win. I, thought, I don't think that... Okay. And that's what's my answer. <laughs> sure, go ahead. I'm going to go... I, I, that's who I really, really want to win. Fuck that damn ba football player. But you know how when celebrities come on, you know, they got to make them win. So, But I definitely wanted Adam Cole to win. I, don't, I truly, truly want him to win. He needs to win. You, you might be kicking yourself for changing that pick. Uh, NXT... Who the hell knows? Like, whatever. You'll let me know if I got my answers right or not. NXT Women's Championship is on the line. We got Dakota Kai against the champion Io Shirai. This has been building for a couple of weeks ever since Io Shirai won the title. Dakota Kai's been calling her uh, calling her out. Now with Raquel Gonzalez in her corner. Who gets the victory here? I'm going to go with Io Shirai defending the title. Gary, who you got? I'm going to go with Dakota Kai due to interference. Um, I think that's the way to do it. And then have Io Shirai chase the title then. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Chrissy Love, who you got? I got EO winning, retaining. And Chris G? Yeah, I'm going to stay with EO. And in one of the biggest NXT championship matches in quite some time, we got Keith Lee defending the title against the undefeated, unstoppable Karrion Cross with Scarlett. Who you got in this one? We'll start with you, Chris G. 
I am going carrying cross. Chrissy Love. Cross for the win. Gary. I'm going carrying cross and then us not seeing Keith Lee on NXT again. Ooh. Oh, that's a that's a good one, friend. I like R- that one. Right, right there. Right he might, it, it might be time for Keith Lee to make that jumps, but I am going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Keith Lee gets the victory over Karrion Cross. I, 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 like I said, that video package convinced me. Maybe we went out with Keith Lee with burning eyes. Maybe he overcomes the odds here. And Ooh. then we have to move on to the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam 2020 in the Thunderdome. Uh, we got a... <laughs> <laughs> we got a we got Gary's favorite match, the most anticipated match for him this weekend. Hair versus hair. Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. This has been building from way before WrestleMania when Sonya Deville was revealed as the person who tried to sabotage the relationship between Mandy and Otis. This has been one of the best built stories in all of WWE in 2020. It had a beginning, middle, and end. And it's very very rare that we say WWE storylines have a beginning, middle, and end. Middle so, and end, yeah, that's this, true. This is the end right here. Sonya versus Mandy. Who you got, Gary? You guys might think I'm crazy, but I think the woman getting her head shaved is Mandy Rose. What? Wow. Oh. You think they just trimmed it down so they could take it all off? Make it easier for the shave. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Chris G, who you got? I'm going to go with Mandy Rose winning. You got Sonya going bald. Yes. <laughs> Chris- or shaved. <laughs> Chris- yeah, well, yeah, at least a little trim right here. Look, get a nice little bob. I'm going with Mandy for the win. I'm going to agree with Chris G and Chrissy. I am going to go with Mandy for the win and Sonya rocking the nice head shave look. And it would just make her look like more of a badass. Da- Daddy DeVille. Yep. Daddy Deville is gonna, Daddy, is gonna look, you know what? I'm gonna look like more of a badass. <laughs> uh, street fight. This is one of the other most anticipated matches of the week, as uh, a long built storyline right here. As Seth Rollins with Murphy Wolfers, Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio in his corner in a street fight. Who you got? Seth versus Dominic. I am gonna go with. Seth Rollins to get the victory in Dominic Mysterio's first match. I feel like Dominic Mysterio got his revenge on Monday to set up Seth getting the victory here. Who you got, Gary? I'm also agreeing. Seth Rollins after a lengthy match that makes Dominic look like a thought. <laughs> yep. Chrissy, who you got? Same. Uh, Seth for the win. Uh, make Dominic, yeah, build Dominic up. He can't win so fast. You know, Still, the storyline is not over yet. It's not over. Chris G. Poppy? See me, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Prince Prince Mysterio. Oh good, my god, good. I can't. Which good is call. His rumored name. Good call there. That that's gonna be his next name after he loses this uh this introduction <laughs> match probably. Uh first off, we got for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey will go one on one with Asuka. Who you got in this first part of the women's championship series, I guess, uh with Asuka. I'm I'm going to predict in this one, Bailey getting the victory over Asuka. And just to, to kind of give us, to shorten time for the Raw Women's Championship, why I'm picking Bailey in the SmackDown one, I think Asuka wins against Sasha to become the new Raw Women's Champion. I was, was going to say opposites, friend. Chrissy, you're going with. I'm what? going opposites. I'm going to have Bailey lose 
and Sasha wins. Bailey had his, all this time. It's time now to let it go and let Sasha be the one that's on top and have both belts. All right, Gary. I'm completely agreeing with you, Sid. I think it is a Asuka Raw Women's Champion, Bailey SmackDown Women's Champion. Okay. And Chris G. I'm thinking a little outside the box. I'm going to say Asuka is going to win both belts. Uh, I think it's time to have one woman's champion. Mm. Oh, okay. So, so Asuka's going to be the second behind Becky to hold both Raw and SmackDown women's titles, according to Chris G. WWE United States Championship, or as we like to call it, the Dipset Championship. Uh, <laughs> it is, though. They need to give him some money. <laughs> Apollo Crews will defend against MVP with the Hurt Business banned from ringside. Who you got in this one, Chris G? I'm going to go MVP. Going MVP, Gary. MVP is well here. Uh, Chrissy. Not MVP, no. Sorry. <laughs> Not so, on Montavious Claudez Flores, whatever his damn name is. No. You're going with Apollo. I'm so sick of him. Oh my god, <laughs> he, he annoys the shit out of me. So you're going with Apollo. I'm going with Apollo. You just went with anti-MVP. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm going with MVP as the Hurt Business is banned from ringside. The newest member of the Hurt Business will interfere, Cedric Alexander. Alexander, I do see that. Oh, man. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Raw, Raw yeah. Tag Team titles is on the line as the Shree Profits with the non-poisoned Montez Ford versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Who you got in this one, Chrissy Love? Um, I got Street Profits. You got Street Profits all the way up. All uh, the way up. Chris G. I want the smoke. Like, literally, I want the smoke right now because I don't have any. Um, I'm going to go with the Street Profits. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with Andrade and Angel Garza because they've lost way too much in this lead up. It just sets up a victory. Gary? Completely agree. I want it to be the Street Profits, but I think it's going to be Garza and Andrade. Mm. WWE Universal Championship is on the line. Braun Strowman will defend against The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Gary? It's got to be The Fiend, hasn't it? Or yes. maybe, maybe I'm going to change my answer. It's going to be <laughs> Otis pinning Braun Strowman. I, what? I, wow. I totally, <laughs> I totally forgot he even has money in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think it may be Otis pinning Braun You haven't seen him for so long, you forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh Chrissy, who you got? Um I have the fiend. Please let the fiend win. Um yeah, the whole oldest yeah, he's gonna be champion for like two seconds. Like it's gonna be like the twenty four seven championship. He's gonna win and then gonna lose. And uh Chris G. Man, I hope Otis doesn't cash in. I love, yeah, I love Bray. I love Bray to way too much, man. The fiend yeah. he, he needs to bring that title home, baby. We need it back. Yes. I, I am going to go with The Fiend getting the victory in this one. And finally, the main event, WWE Championship is on the line. Drew McIntyre going one-on-one -on -one with Randall Heath Orton. <laughs> and I said it on Sports Kita, the best year ever of Randy Orton will continue. Randy Orton will get the victory and become the 14-time WWE Champion. Kerry, who you got? completely agree and I really want it to be Randy Orton that wins and then have Drew McIntyre get the crowning moment when the crowds are back in. I think Randy Orton as a champion right now would be the best thing on WWE television. Yeah. Chris G? 
Yeah, I'm I'm 100% and agree with uh with Gary. Just as much as I don't want Drew to lose the title, uh, I think Randy has been on such a roll that he, he deserves, you know, that 14th championship. He is the best heel in WWE right now. And then yeah. when the crowds come back, you let Drew get that that crowning moment. Yeah. Chrissy? You you would be a fool not to make Randy Orton champion right now. It, it's it's you this buildup has been so good for him to lose is like what was it all for? Like it makes no sense. Like the whole story behind it, if you're going to do it right and do it the right way where he's supposed to be on top, then Randy should win and let Drew get it back. And be in front of a crowd when you go into crowd. He's probably going to have crowd there eventually. He's going to copy AEW. Anywho, my answer is going to be Randy Orton for the win. He should. He he needs to be the champion right now because he's still hot right now. Uh, the one caveat I will say is that uh, Drew will get the claymore and get the visual victory, and then Retribution will attack the referee. Some chaos will happen, and in the chaos, Randy Orton will take advantage, and that's how he becomes champion. Because, like, oh. Gary, I think, like Gary said, Retribution will set up payback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our final plugs that is all for everything we had to talk about with the weekend it's going to be a huge weekend with SummerSlam coming up our plugs for our lineup for our youtube channel and all new wednesday night warriors uh j news japan true rewind going raw with junk guy jj future and the stag king are all up on the youtube channel right now so you could see chris g some more on wednesday night warriors as he talks about the go home show for nxt my exclusive interview for true heels btr with vince valor of the invincible vince valor is up on the youtube channel as well an all new special saturday edition of ae recap is going to be up this weekend as well as dark power with the stat king and you can check out our youtube channel uh for early in the week for next week nxc takeover 30 as well as wwe SummerSlam 2020 pay-per-view roundtables are going to be up on the channel featuring all cast of characters from your favorites from true hill heat gary we want to thank you very much for coming on the show and staying up late with us absolutely and tell them <laughs> where they can follow you on all your social media your twitch page you are a busy busy man so tell them where they can follow you Firstly, thank you guys for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure just getting to sit back and chat about wrestling and have some fun. Um, but yeah, pretty simple. I've not got the Gary Cassidy tag on Twitter because some guy with 20 followers has it. So instead, all I do is tweet about wrestling. So I am Wrestling Gary on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Um, re- just Wrestling Gary, Wrestling, G-A-R-Y. And then on Twitch, someone had stole that name. So it's Gary Talks Wrestling on Twitch. And hopefully I'll get, you know, a little bit of retribution on one of those people that have stole the name. Hey, we never know. He could be a member of Retribution. Maybe, maybe Gary is just is just pretending he's across across the water from us. <laughs> I, mean, I, I I hope to meet you in person um, when all of this crap is over. We can all meet up and have drinks and and enjoy and talk shit about wrestling. And I I can't wait. Oh, I'm going to Ireland. We need to hit a pub, baby. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm trying pub. to get over there, man. Yeah, that's the one thing that I'm. Um, I'm thinking next year was going to be the year that I'm like, I'll make that venture to the states, take it all in, and then do the culmination of WrestleMania, 
and now that seems a little bit far away, so we'll see if it actually happens, if it's possible, <laughs> if it's possible, I'll make it happen. Hey, yeah. if, if it's possible, uh, LA, California is a great place to be for, for WrestleMania, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you guys can follow us on social media, the True Hills group page, True Hill Heat over on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. That is the marker for all of us, for all our social media platform to keep up on all our latest videos and news from wrestling. It is True Hill Heat. Chrissy Love, where can they find you on social media? I am the sensation Miss Chrissy Love. You can find me. I'm one of the co-hosts on True Hill Heat and SmackDown with the Lynches. We will be back. Um, the video should be out next week um, for our predictions. Uh, you can follow me on IG, Twitter, and on Facebook, uh, Chrissy Love underscore or Miss Chrissy Love or just Crystal Lynch. Chris G. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Spick underscore Flair underscore Woo three O's. Uh, joints and jabronis <laughs> coming out later this month with my man Pie Hill Ness making his Joints and Jabroni debut. I'll be here on True Hill Heat. You can sign, find me on Wednesday Night Warriors. We got the NXT takeover. I'm everywhere, baby. Everywhere. And you can follow our partners, Battle Club Pro, Warrior Wrestling, <laughs> Wrestling Travel on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our good friend, our co-host, Top Guy JJ. It's True Heel underscore Top Guy JJ on Instagram. He will be back. He will be Absolutely. back. Next week for our three-year anniversary, the return Woo! of Top Guy JJ to True Hill Heat, as well as we will have special guests, the promoter for Uncanny Attractions, Uncanny Wrestling, Adele Nicious, will be on True Hill Heat 89, so check us out next week on YouTube. Follow all of our friends, Battle Club Pro and Warrior Wrestling are up on there, as well as Wrestling Travel. Shoutouts to them and Justin Clapper. They just achieved 1K subscribers on YouTube so congratulations to them our other members of the the holy trinity of wrestling journalists are also on all your social media platforms and YouTube Alex McCarthy as well as Tom Conahue like Gary said before you can follow the good brother on Twitch he's doing a lot of great stuff on there and you can listen to True Hill Heat on iTunes SoundCloud Anchor Spotify wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so until True Hill Heat 89, our three-year anniversary next week. We are signing off for True Hill Heat 88 for our very special guest, Gary Cassidy. For the princess of all the True Hills, Miss Chrissy Love. For the marijuana enthusiast himself, Chris G. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are signing off until next time. <laughs>